1: It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson.
2: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey.
0: And I'm Dr. Davidson.
2: So we are... Uh... Rapidly approaching fault here in the Pacific Northwest. the The leaves are changing. they uh, the leaves are falling off the off the trees, and they're changing colors. and And you can definitely tell the the temperature is dropping a little bit the mornings are a little bit brisk so this is a blog post that you wrote actually i don't know what probably almost a year ago this time the three types of adrenal fatigue so we thought it was appropriate considering halloween this actually is going to probably be posted like right around halloween and we thought that it would be uh, kind of um, it would be congruent with the time of the year
0: Yes, because the um, three types of adrenal fatigue. Now, with adrenal fatigue or adrenal dysfunction, which is what we really like to call it, we've seen, you know, there's so many different types. And the three main types that we've seen over the course of, you know, being in practice since... What 2003 to 2004 is we've called and we've named them the vampire, the ghost, and the zombie. So that's why Dr. Mackey was saying it would seem appropriate because we're coming around Halloween because we have given them these names. Now we definitely don't want to make light of adrenal fatigue because adrenal fatigue, adrenal dysfunction is serious. It's real and it can cause you know a lot of symptoms for people, affect their quality of life. But on some regards, it's easier to help you understand it if we can kind of have some fun names to go along with it.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit more memorable than calling it some kind of medical term. or uh, And honestly, for adrenal fatigue, uh, as we talked about on the last couple of episodes, that's not a real diagnosis. Some people, certainly in our view of the world, in our view of medicine and physiology and our experience working with people, as you just said, we feel that it's a completely a legitimate diagnosis. Conventionally, not so much. And that's, uh, you know, as we've talked about a few different times, this huge divide between having low adrenal function, which is Adson's disease, and too much adrenal function, which is Cushing's disease. There's really nothing in between. And we just find that to be very silly because cortisol, as we've talked about, which is our primary stress hormone. Uh, which is also important in blood sugar balancing, how can that not have an impact on our the way we look and feel on a day-to-day basis?
0: exactly so with as we talked about with testing or you know the previous episode prior to this one is we talked about testing for adrenal fatigue or adrenal dysfunction and we talked a lot about like Dr Mackey said cortisol and the way cortisol is secreted in a diurnal curve over the 24-hour period now the reason we separated into types is because if one person falls into the vampire type of adrenal fatigue their options on what we would do to help correct that help manage that would be completely different than somebody that that fell into the zombie type.
2: Yeah, right. And maybe there might be a little bit more similarity between the zombie and the vampire, which we'll get into on the next two episodes. But certainly the difference between the ghost and the zombie or the ghost and the vampire, that's where you would approach those situations completely differently. So just like PCOS, there's three different types of PCOS. We've kind of classified it just to simplify. Now we've came up with these interesting monikers for the three types of the most common, let's say it that way, the most common types of adrenal fatigue. Now granted, there's probably subsets and more subsets and we could keep dividing everyone might not fall into each one of these three there might be and we'll talk about the ghost on the next episode. There's actually two types of ghosts, and we'll talk about that as well. But uh, this helps to, at least in your mind, you should be able to. If you are dealing with, you know, fatigue issues, or you think you have an adrenal problem, you should be able to identify with at least one of the three to some extent. That's our goal or our hope from these uh, three podcasts. And uh, I think it's a very memorable way for people to kind of conceptualize. Then, if you're going to do testing, right? If you're going to do either blood test, you know, looking at pregnenolone, DHA testing testosterone or if you're going to do a saliva test from zrt labs or or maybe even a dutch test each one of these categories or each one of these types is going to have a certain their test is going to look a certain way you can almost predict that based on which profile you fall into
0: Yeah, just for example, like, you know, we were talking about the cortisol um, secretion from the adrenal glands. So, in a perfect world, which we know we don't live in a perfect world, but in a, you know, in that perfect utopian world, is, you know, that cortisol is high in the morning. So you're bright eyed, bushy tailed. And then it slowly comes down over time, over the day. And then it comes down at night so that we can go to sleep and stay asleep all night. So, this is the three types that we see where that cortisol dysfunction or that secretion of the cortisol from the adrenal glands gets um, dysfunctional and you'll see the cortisol coming like for example the vampire you'll see the high cortisol at night and then the low cortisol in the morning.
2: Yeah, right. And I think that right there, you know, that diurnal curve you're talking about. So, a cortisol helps us maintain a circadian rhythm. We wake up with the sun, we go to bed, you know, with the moon. And that is, you know, we're not meant to be nocturnal mammals, right? We are very much Regulated by a light dark cycle. However, you know, we've all probably known somebody in our lifetime that falls into that night owl category. Uh, hence, you know, the, the night owl and the vampire are kind of the same thing. I know back in my 20s when I was uh, going to college and working or whatever, I, I used to have some trouble sleeping like a lot. And I was definitely a vampire for sure, 100%.
0: Because that's what you would see is that vampire cannot go to sleep at night. They just, I mean, a lot of them, they'll say, you know, I'm wide awake. You know staring at the ceiling why lay in bed why, you know staring at the ceiling I might as well get up and do things and a lot of times the vampires just cannot go to sleep fall asleep before 2 you know 2
2: a.m yeah right yeah and you'll notice that with the vampires they're the ones that tend to be shift workers or working in the graveyard shi- graveyard shift I used to work actually at a hospital in college I used to be a cardiac monitor technician in a hospital in Duluth Minnesota and I used to work graveyard they couldn't get anybody to work graveyard shift everybody hated the graveyard shift it was boring i um, but I had sleep trouble anyways, I would, you know, try to go to bed at a reasonable time. And I'd be up, like you said, for hours. So I used to not volunteer, but you know, I would work night shift a lot, just because it was easier just to stay awake than, you know, trying to sleep when I couldn't sleep. And, and, you know, since now we've been in practice for over 15 years, uh, we've seen lots of people that fall into that vampire category.
0: Yeah, same thing. And then of course, come morning time. So, so the thing with the vampire is like, we mentioned that cortisol's high at night. So you're, actually bright eyed, bushy tailed at night. So they're awake. By the time they do fall asleep and that cortisol drops, it's almost impossible to wake up in the morning.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you have a traditional nine to five kind of a job, you know, you have to get up, you maybe maybe went to bed somewhere between midnight to two in the morning, you have to get up early. The vampires are the ones that just no matter what, they cannot get out of bed. And I remember back, you know, when I was going to college at the time, I would have such a hard time making it to my eight o'clock class. Like I could not do it. I had to drive across town and go over the bridge. And it was kind of far, a long ways away. And I've hardly ever made it to that on time to that eight o'clock class. It was so difficult. But now it's interesting now, you know, 20 years later, 25 years later, uh, my sleep patterns are completely different than they were when I was in my 20s.
0: Yeah. So you can't beat yourself up. And I actually have a lot of patients who bring in maybe a family member or something and say, why can't they wake up in the morning? Why? You know, I even have some patients that set alarms around their bedroom because they will without even consciously be aware, turn off their first alarm and go back to sleep and forgot they even turned it off, which is why they have to have one across the room and they have to have one on the other side of the room. You know, they're pressing snooze and it's not in some ways you can't say, oh, well, why can't you just wake up? It really has to do with, you know, that adrenal dysfunction. In some ways, you know, you don't you don't want to point the finger and make them feel shameful about it because it's that it's that biology that's at work here.
2: Yeah, right. And especially if your cortisol has been up all night long, right, which in this particular subset your cortisol is low all day and then you know evening time is when they finally start to feel alive it might be seven eight o'clock nine o'clock and all of a sudden they're they're finally awake and now it's really hard to turn that off because now their cortisol is peaking when they should be sleeping and then of course when it comes time to wake up again in the morning their cortisol is plummeting um that right there i think is probably the most common of the three to some extent there's subtle vampires. And then there's some kind of really obvious vampires. I think most people, what we just said, hard time waking up, a difficult time going to bed. I think that affects, I don't have any real statistics because I don't think anyone really pays attention to, but I would imagine that that's probably affects, you know, a third, if not more of the population. Everybody has that problem.
0: And then like you had mentioned, they like you said, they're awake at night. Like patients will tell me, I feel really good at night. I don't want to go to bed. I wanna, you know, this is the first time all day long that I've actually felt like a normal human being. I want to stay up and enjoy my time. You know, especially when everybody else in the house might be asleep. They want to enjoy their time. You know, vampires are the people that are doing laundry at 10 o'clock at night and or they're checking their emails and writing and being creative because they actually feel alive at night. But, you know, come morning time, they are, you know, sucking down the coffee, you know, drinking the caffeine.
2: Yeah they 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 need that caffeine boost just to keep going. Now caffeine as we have said probably on other podcasts in the past caffeine's kind of a double-edged sword because too much caffeine consumption kind of just magnifies that adrenal dysfunction because now you're using a central nervous stimulant that you know that raises your catecholamines, your epinephrine, norepinephrine, dopamine, but then also raises your cortisol. So you're doing that kind of in an artificial way so the, the more caffeine you drink, the usually the more tired you're going to become, you know, eventually.
0: And also with vampires, you see weight gain. It's very common to have, you know, weight gain that they can't really in some ways attribute to. Because I'll have, you know, patients with this kind of reverse diurnal curve of cortisol, and they'll say, you know what, I'm great in the morning. I don't eat anything in the morning. I'm not hungry for lunch. I can have a salad for lunch. I have no cravings, but come late afternoon or even at especially evening time after dinner, they're full, but they have the sugar cravings.
2: Yeah, right. Carb and sugar cravings, whether it's salty carbs or sugary carbs, it's like they, it's all of a sudden the floodgates open and they just can't stop eating. You know, I mean, maybe not with that much lack of self-control, but there's a certain component of that where they just, you know, their appetite kind of wake, they wake up, their appetite wakes up, their body kind of says, hey, if you're going to be awake, then you need to find some food. Partially because they haven't been hungry all day. And now, you know, this is the first time they've actually had an appetite and their body's kind of Their body and their mind is kind of making up for lost time in some respects.
0: And, like you had mentioned, you know, cortisol has a direct effect on glucose, which also has a direct effect on insulin.
2: Yeah, right. And that we've talked about that in other episodes, right? So, all the time, the more impact that we have, that's why stress sometimes. I don't know how many people, I just t- talked with someone last week that was going through a really stressful time. Of course, her cortisol was elevated and she wasn't hardly eating eating or drinking anything right during the day. And she gained like 30 pounds over the course of a few months. But she knows that there was many nights where she didn't eat anything. Like she has to remember if she ate anything or not, but she still gained some weight because of the impact that that very powerful hormone has on other hormones that contribute to fat storage. So when you're in that stressful moment like that, your cortisol goes up, it really kind of shuts off your appetite temporarily, but then it comes back with a vengeance later.
0: And like we had said, of course, if you're not sleep, getting enough sleep at night, you're going to be tired in the morning. But with the vampires and with the way this cortisol secretion is, it's different. You know, it's not just that they're tired, like, Oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night. I'm tired. Sure. We all have a night like that or a day like that where we didn't get a lot of sleep last night. But with the vampires, they are physically and they're mentally tired, especially in that morning, in that afternoon, like even mentally tired, trying to feel cognitive or being able to do their work or their emails or meetings. They will say, I feel like I've got like a, you know, a towel over my head, or I just can't think I can't see. It's just not, I'm not processing.
2: Yeah, right. So if you're like, you know, trying to go to work and trying to do your job, I mean, it's going to be really a struggle to even do some fairly basic mundane tasks if your brain's not working the way that it's supposed to. And then, like you say, then come seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock, all of a sudden there, it's like they got this little surge. Literally, they have this surge of energy because their cortisol's finally rising and they feel, you know, I don't know how many people they said, yeah, you know, come 10 o'clock and I feel alive. They finally feel fairly good, but it's just not necessarily conducive to the the typical 9 to 5 Monday through Friday works, you know, work schedule that so many people have. Vampires don't fit into that that type of schedule very well.
0: No, I mean you got to get the kids to school, you got to do things in the morning. Morning comes early. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of vampires out there that are just, you know, that's why the coffee comes in because you got to have a crutch because you got to get through the day. But at the same time, it is a little bit like a credit card where you're borrowing the energy and then you got to pay it back later. So one thing with the vampires is people think, well, what do I do now? Or why did this happen? does happen from chronic stress over time that kind of degrades that diurnal curve or that secretion of the cortisol. But there definitely are options to be able to help people kind of readjust this.
2: Yeah. Now, granted, I think this happens because we live in a very artificial world, right? There's lots of stimulus coming at us all the time. TV and computers and I mean, even more now than there ever used to be. But for the last hundred years, basically since this might sound weird, but really since the invention of the light bulb, you know, which was that, you know, Thomas Edison, you know, invented the light bulb, what, a hundred years ago, hundred and some years ago, you know, maybe at the turn of the century. And now we're able to control the light in our environment where before it was all sun and the moon. I mean we've all been camping before uh, you go camping you know have a campfire no external stimulus people get tired relatively early you're you'll go in the woods for a week your insomnia your vampire status is going to slowly dwindle because now there's not this ambient light that's going to that's going to affect your hormones so drastically over time
0: and it's easy to say, turn off your light, or turn off your TV, or turn off your phone, you know, a couple hours before going to bed, that that can be really difficult. But there are other options that you can do as well. You know, we don't all have to go camping and then come back to reset.
2: Yeah, right. I mean that that, like I said, that's kind of an extreme example. That's not really practical that you're gonna go, you know, in the woods for a week at a time. That's just to that's what we're kind of designed for, is that kind of an environment and the world we live in now, which is normal to us as as our current society, but hormonally it doesn't match with our biology very well. And I think that the vampires tend to be kind of the sensitive ones, right? They're the ones that the external stimulus that's coming at us are the ones that are really affected by that and which is why they end up that way because they're they're just maybe genetically predisposed to respond in those in those in those ways and then you throw some other stressors on top of that and it really just puts a lot of pressure on that on that circadian rhythm and that as you say that uh, diurnal curve
0: Yeah, definitely that degraded curve gets exacerbated over time. So one thing with vampires that we want to do is we want to try to bring down that cortisol at night to help them fall asleep. So then also bring up the cortisol in the morning, you know, without coffee. You know, we want to do it in a way where we're basically... Sort of helping those adrenal glands be able to get back to that circadian rhythm of bringing up that cortisol earlier. And somebody that like you know can't wake up before ten, you can't all of a sudden overnight help them wake up at six. It's a progression of you know, hey, ten o'clock, and then we work for hey, let's get you waking up at nine. Let's work at, you know eight thirty, and then we work our way back. Same with sleeping. If you can't go to bed at you know until two in the morning, we don't you know try to make them go to bed the next day at ten. It's just not going to happen. You're just slowly resetting that over time. And there's definitely ways to do that lifestyle, like Dr. Mackey had talked about, nutrition-wise, definitely exercise-wise, there's supplementation, there's even prescriptions you can use to kind of help Change this diurnal curve of the cortisol, or the degraded curve.
2: Yeah, and when we're looking at someone's adrenal status, uh, now, granted, it's kind of a gray area because there's no actual diagnoses. These things that we're talking about are just kind of kind of fun little terms that we have kind of developed for us to be able to compartmentalize, and we can spot them in a second. We ask a couple of questions, like, "Oh, yeah, you're the vampire. Oh, you're the ghost. Oh, you're you're the zombie." So it helps us kind of you know help categorize. We're hoping that it'll do the same thing for you. But then what that translates to is how we're going to be able to help them and when it comes to adrenal function we are there's basically like five tiers of of you know treatment options you like you said there's the prescription option which would be like hydrocortisone then there's uh, glandulars adrenal glandulars which can be very helpful but some people don't tolerate them very well just like the hydrocortisone then you get into the herbs and then the next tier down would be vitamins and minerals and then lifestyle and diet and lifestyle. So those different tiers kind of help, you know, depending on which category they fall into and the severity of their symptoms, you know, help to determine where on that tier. Now you might combine a couple of those tiers together. You might you know this the vampire for sure is in is potentially an easy candidate for hydrocortisone. Maybe a low dose, maybe morning and noon, something like that. But maybe someone maybe that is initiated or tried and maybe they can't tolerate. So that now as the practitioner. It gives us an idea where their adrenal status really is, right? So now we can look at those other tiers and adjust accordingly depending on how they respond.
0: Exactly. And one one thing when we're looking at this, so we're going to go into the next episode with the ghost and then the next episode after that, we'll talk about the zombie. It's not a progression. It's not like a vampire turns into a ghost, which turns into a zombie Like Dr. Mackey said, you know, the vampires, they might be predisposed that way. I think, honestly, I think the zombies are the more sensitive ones. They're the ones that aren't as common, but they're the ones that have more of a tremendous effect on their quality of life and their health with the way this, you know, their cortisol is being secreted. So, but you don't, you know, one doesn't turn into another. But, you know, you can see over time, like Dr. Mackey said, he was a, a vampire in the past and working on lifestyle and nutrition and supplementation, able to kind of reverse that and change that. So one thing we had kind of talked about is, You might resonate with this and say, oh, my gosh, you know what? I think I'm a vampire. (laughs) You know, it's not my fault that I can't get up and get the kids to school because, you know, my cortisol just isn't coming up. You know, it really it really isn't isn't your fault. But um, we had talked about maybe, you know, having some options that might be able to help you.
2: Yeah, right. You know, really, when you're trying to especially for those vampire trying to bring the cortisol down at night, but a really good way to do that is to raise it in the morning. So again, this is, like I said, the vampire, I think is probably one of the more common ones that we see often. So if you want to go to the show notes, right? So an easy way to find this, we'll have a few more resources on the show notes for this episode. You go to progresshealthcom backslash vampire, the show notes will be there. There'll be some other information that we're, you know, that we didn't share in this podcast, but it'll help give you some ideas as far as what can be done to kind of get you going in the right direction.
0: Yes, so progressyourhealth.com backslash vampire will have a short little description of what we talked about on this episode. And then also below that, we'll have a little bit of some options, you know, with. Disclaimer, 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 you know, educational purposes, whatever, whatever. But it'll have some options that you might be able to help facilitate right now to be able to help you go to sleep a little earlier, wake up a little earlier. Like you feel like like people tell me, I just want to feel like myself. I want to feel like a normal human being at nine o'clock in the morning and not have to fake it.
2: Yeah, right. And like you said too, that process, you can't expect to have huge change. Like if you're having a really hard time waking up by eight in the morning or six in the morning or whatever it is, don't expect you're going to change that by a few hours, you know, just start working on, you know, 1520 minutes, a half an hour at a time. And then of course, over a three month period, or a little bit shorter or a little bit longer. Now you're going to be able to start making a lot of progress and then be able to reestablish a proper diurnal curve. So your cortisol rises in the morning, like it's supposed to between eight uh, five o'clock and eight in the morning. And then it's going to start to uh, go down in the evening appropriate time. We would like most of our patients to be in bed, preferably sleeping right around 10 o'clock. Okay. So an hour window, 930 to 1030, you know, that's kind of your, that's kind of your goal window. uh, So you're still able to get a few hours of sleep prior to midnight. That's really important. And then have enough hours of sleep before you wake up for the day the following morning. And that that can be a challenge. We work with people of all different age ranges and they all have their sleep challenges. As we've been talking about, it's really, really difficult in our, in our very artificial world. So Dr. Davidson, do you have anything else to add?
0: Nope, this was great.
2: Okay, so on the next episode, we're going to talk about the the ghost, which has a couple of subsets. We'll get into that on the next one. But until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey.
1: I'm Dr. Davidson.
2: Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.